Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, listener question edition, where there is a lesson in every story. Each week, the team at HR Stories Podcast shares questions from our podcast audience and provides tangible, practical advice that everyone can use to get HR right. Our hosts today are management and HR consultants, Chuck Simikian and John Tallheimer. What is on your mind today? Time for our question and answer episode, Chuck. Uh, so great to be here. We have so many great questions today. Um, the first question comes from one of my workshops that I did this week. Um, and I just want to read it to you because I think it's an important one. And we want to kind of make sure, how do we deal with this question? So here's the question. Um, the person said, I did have an issue. I wasn't sure the proper way to address it. I have an employee who consistently makes comments that they aren't getting the OT they are used to getting and lack of the consistent hours. So they were used to be getting 40 plus hours and now they're getting about 37 hours. The comments are hurting them personally, meaning how people are perceiving them in the workplace. So how do I address that? How do I deal with that individual in the workplace? So let me just see if I understand the individual's comments are hurting, harming them personally, or the, I didn't understand. Oh, so what's happening is they have an employee, right? So mm -hmm. they have an employee that goes around like, oh, they don't give me enough hours. They used to give me tons of overtime, but oh, every day, there's just not enough out, right? They go through this day in and day out, complaining about it. Uh, obviously, yeah. kind of policy change, something happened that this person's hours reduced and they haven't gotten over it yet. So how yeah. do you deal, how do you talk to that person in the workplace? Well, the first thing we need to understand is they're legally protected to, um, to discuss that in the workplace. Um, but are they legally protected to do it while they should be doing their job? Is it affecting their job? Is it affecting other people? And so there is a, a fine line, but I've worked for places where uh, we would schedule people 38 hours on a regular basis. They would always get 40 or 41 hours, but when we scheduled them 40 hours, they always got overtime, right? So we would schedule them 37, 38 hours just to have a little bit of that cushion in there. And we had employees that would come and they would complain and, oh, I don't get overtime, I get overtime. And, you know, it commiserate say, yes, but let me explain to you why we're doing this. Uh, sometimes you can't reason with people that are very, you know, that are emotionally vested, but you can try. So I would reason with them and explain to them why we're doing this. Um, I would then maybe look at other opportunities uh, for them to pick up hours elsewhere, if that's a possibility. Um, but ultimately, unless it's affecting their work and the work of others, you're going to have to let them, I guess, continue to uh, vent in a way. Yeah, it's interesting that you went that way. I didn't even think of that, right? I love that our minds are totally different. I was thinking about, this is your personal brand, right? Your personal brand is how people perceive you in the workplace. And if you're there venting about your hours and you're doing it consistently, people are going to have a negative viewpoint of you in the workplace. Right. Right. And so how do we have that conversation? Because I'm thinking, well, if I, the way I would address it, I would sit down with the person and say, look, um, you have a right to have those comments, right? You have that under the National Labor Relations Board. You can vent about those things to other coworkers and all that kind of stuff. But what is the perception of how other people are perceiving you? 
Now people aren't perceiving you as a team player. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about you as, oh, that person would be a great to promote into a new role. They're not seeing that. And I would have that conversation with them and say, look, every time you come into work, it's about your personal brand. And yeah. people are making decisions based on what you put out there. And if you're always going to be complaining about not getting overtime because we changed this policy and here's why we changed this policy, I, I'm just, I can't help you down the road, right? And so sure. we know those we know those negative Nancys that are in that workplace. Oh, everything's terrible, terrible. They're just not perceived as team players and doing that, right? And kind of bringing that in there, I think is, that's how I would approach it. A little bit different. Sure. Absolutely. And you know what, with the disclaimer, and I had, my mine was not negative Nancy, it was Luther. And Luther, it was basically, you have you have every right to talk about your, your pay, but Luther, you're, you know, you're getting on everyone's nerves. Your employee, <laughs> your, your coworkers are annoyed. You're just yeah. getting on everyone's nerves. So really just manage it and <laughs> you know, pull that card out. So right, good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So question number two, and this kind of leads to our conversation. So that's really good. Uh, this came from our HR team of community of one uh, on our Facebook group. And it said this, when trying to explain the difference between behavioral issues, insubordination versus a performance and improvement plan for something like not hitting sales numbers or needing more training, how do you explain those clearly as two different things curious minds want to know? I, I think it's a hard question because I don't know if it's worded well, um, because I'm not sure explain to who. Right. So if I'm explaining this to a HR person, it's going to be different versus I'm going to explaining it to a leader or a management group. It's going to be different. Or if I'm explaining it to the employee. Um, and so my focus, you know, Chuck, right, I'm focused on employees performance. How do we get them to improve better? How do we do that? And I really think that the goal we should always be in mind is how do we make employees make better decisions? And we do that, right, by giving them knowledge, giving them a chance to practice their skills, making sure they have systems in place, making sure they have guidance in place. All of those things go into making somebody perform better, but there's also this attitude as well, right? And so if there's insubordinate, I want to see what's the policy about insubordination, right? What is that going in there as well? How would you handle explaining that to a manager that there's a difference between insubordination and performing poorly. Sure. I think you've given a very elevated answer and, and it is getting to the root of the problem. <clears throat> Sometimes I explain to managers, you know, there are uh, performance uh, issues, performance, there's uh, a can't do and there's a won't do. A lot of times it boils down to very simple. Uh, they can't do the job. Why can't they do the job? Uh, is there, is there, was there lack of training? What, what was it? And then there's won't do. And a lot of times can't do, I see it as a performance improvement plan. It's a, it's a slow burn. It means you're here and we want you to, we, we value you. We want you to stay and uh, we want you to get to here. So we're going to put a plan in place to get you from here to here. Maybe you can't do the job. We don't know why, but we're going to get you here. Insubordination is uh, the won't do. In other words, we've come up with a performance plan. We, we've laid out the expectations. We line them. You're here, you're here, but 
they're not doing the steps that we asked them to do. Now, granted, do we look into the root cause, as you said? Is there something else? Is there a systemic issue that we're not aware of? I don't know. But ultimately, that's how I describe the difference. A can't that. do is a performance improvement plan. You put that in place. A won't do is more of a counseling. Why won't they do it? I don't know. Is there another issue? Or will they just not do it because they don't want to? I don't know, but that's yeah. how I describe it. I love that. I love that. I can't and won't do. Um, one of the things that I think the hardest things for both HR professionals and managers is to pick the right intervention when somebody's mm. not performing well. Right? Absolutely. So, so whether that's maybe they don't have the knowledge. The problem is a lot of times it doesn't come out as the reason, right? And so let's say somebody's like, ah, oh, they give you all this attitude. That attitude may come from because they don't have the knowledge. They were never taught it, but that bravo, and they're like, well, I'm going to be pretend I know all this stuff. And when they don't really know it, or they don't feel capable of doing it, right? And so knowing where as managers and HR professionals to go, all right, am I going to give them more knowledge? Maybe that's what they need, or maybe they need more energy. Maybe the environment's not the right environment for them, right? And so really diving into that. I, we could get into that. I could spend all day on this. All day. All day, all day. And just performance to management to me is critical, mm -hmm. right? And so again, doing that, and I love listeners, reach out to me. You have performance issues, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Let's figure that out. Um, I do tons of training for managers because I know it's such an valuable tool. When I can pro manage performance right, it's going to make my job easier. I will tell you, it makes our jobs easier on there as well. Any final, any all thoughts on that other question before I move on to the third one? No, let's move on. Okay, so this one's going to be not a legal concern, not a legal question, but I think it's an HR comment that we hear a lot, right? It's an HR comment we hear a lot. So here's what it says. How have you all handled the weight of just everything? So think about this as an HR department of one person. I'm the only HR person in my semi-remote company of about 60 employees. I do everything from operations to recruiting, policies, legal, and everything in between. This is my first time I started to experience the loneliness that everyone has talked about, meaning all the HR professionals she knows. As we start to grow, there are more EEs who are very clearly want nothing to do with me. There's a manager who completely disregards everything I do. I'm aware it's not personal, but it's still hard. When do we... When we do have on-sites, I try to get a bit more informal after hours to appeal approachable. However, I'm starting to feel the respect, regret of overcompensating there because it truly has not made a difference. On top of all of that, I just feel buried and like it's impossible to catch up. Right? And, I, and I, I want to say something before you answer because I feel that person's emotions. I feel what they're experiencing. We all have felt that. Uh, in the HR world where this company doesn't care about us. They don't, they don't understand what we do. How do you deal with that, Chuck? I know you've been in HR department of one. I know you work and coach HR department of one. How do you do that? How do you make that happen? Sure. Well, one of the things that <clears throat> there's so many facets of this, to this answer. So one of the things that helped me out was I was started in a HR departments of many 
as a journalist, and then I scoped down to one. So when I got to that one, I was a little more confident in my uh, abilities and my my knowledge. But it is tough when you start as an HR department of one and you start as your first role. John, when it comes to that situation, it is it is you want to be liked, but you also want to be respected. However, you should focus more on being respected and rather than being liked. I just saw a, a quote out there. I wish I could remember it, but it was when it comes to being respected and liked, focus on 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 the respect and doing a great job. And then the like will come along as needed. And if you focus on being liked too much, uh, you're, you may end up losing respect. It's very tough, especially someone like me. I tend to be a little more social, tend to th- take things sometimes, uh, you know, even personally. And I want to be liked. We all want to be liked. But need. but in sure. this situation, uh, if you focus on doing your job, educating yourself, and gaining respect, that will eventually uh, breed people either to like you or not like you. It's going to fall either way. You can't change that. But what you can change is uh, doing your job, gaining the respect of the of the team. And then those that will like you will like you. Those that won't will will not. And that's my best advice. Yeah. And I, and I think the other thing that I would say is because working on the HR department of one, um, you don't have uh, people that you can vent to, right? You can't go vent to in a leadership about employee. You can't go to employees and vent about the leadership, right? You just can't have those conversations. And so creating a strong network outside of your office of other mm-hmm. HR professionals, um, connecting with them can be such a relief because then you can go and go, oh, I'm dealing with this. Oh, my Chuck was such a jerk today, blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with that person, right? And so now everyone's going to be like, oh, blah, 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 right? And so connecting with others will give you that confidence too, right? And so again, Chuck's talking about building our knowledge, building our experience, getting guidance, right? Having that guidance in there, building systems in place, to build that respect is key, but I think also having that community that you know Absolutely. you can reach out to to go, hey, I have this question. I, I know that you and I really are passionate about that. We've created the Facebook group, HR Community of One, HR yeah. Team Community of One or whatever it is. Yeah, it is the uh, HR Team of One Community. HR Team of One Community <laughs> on Facebook. Sorry. Um, I, I'm always in there. I just never look at the title. And... That's a great way. Join us. Make sure you're in there. We're also announcing, and I think when it's about a month away from now when this podcast will come out, we're doing what we call the HR kitchen table. And it's our opportunity to connect with other HR professionals, to share our wisdom, to share those things that we're challenged with in a confidential setting um, and really having those conversations. The goal is to build this network outside of the kitchen table as well. Um, So we're hoping to have all that connection. So if you're interested in that, um, go to the team at hrstories.com, click on our workshop link. You will see it in there. Uh, it's one of our workshops. In fact, we have one on November, Friday, November. It'll be first Friday of every month. 
November 3rd, December, I don't remember. I think it's the 7th, 6th maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the first Friday of every month we'll have this going forward. Um, and it's really just a chance, basically the conversations Chuck and I have on the podcast, we're going to have them and we're going to get your input. We're going to listen to you guys and kind of see that. I just feel for everyone that's an HR department of one when they don't feel respected in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this has been a great episode. Um, Chuck, any other final thoughts on this episode? Anything you want to kind of tie it up in a nice bow? You're so good at that. No, uh, just listen to the uh, HR Stories podcast where there's a lesson in every story. We love bringing this Q&A uh, to you. And if you would love to ask a question, either go to the HR Team of One community, throw a question out there. We may grab it, feature it, or you can always email us, info at team at hrstories.com. That's info at team at hrstories.com. And below it's in the show notes so just click on it send us an email folks and thanks for listening to the hr stories podcast q a edition where there's always a lesson and answer in every story nice thank you chuck we'll see you all next week thank you for listening to the hr stories podcast the material presented in this podcast is for informational purposes only Chuck and John always recommend using an employment lawyer or HR consultant to handle any legal concerns or HR issues. We do our best to double check sources and make sure the information we are providing is accurate. We may eliminate or embellish without changing the basic narrative to make the story easier to understand. In certain circumstances, we may change identifying information to protect the innocent. The HR Stories broadcast is brought to you by the team at HR Stories. The team at HR Stories is designed to help anyone with HR responsibilities be better at managing the employee experience. To engage with us, go to thehrstoriesteam.com and learn more about how the team at HR Stories can support your business or nonprofit. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. <laughs>